the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. There are two main events that we commemorate today. One is the commemoration of the three holy hierarchs of St. Gregory the Theologian, St. John the Chrysostom, and St. Basil the Great, three saints of great significance to our church. Today is also Zacchaeus Sunday, and this Sunday each year acts as a harbinger or precursor to the Lenten Triodion, which begins on February 13th this year. This is a series of three weeks that prepares us for Great Lent and introduces the main themes of repentance, contrition, and encounter with Christ. So today's sermon will be divided into two halves then to focus on these two events. Firstly, with the Feast of the Three Holy Hierarchs. The way this came to be was that during the reign of the Byzantine Emperor Alexius Comnenus, who reigned from 1081 to 1118, there was a dispute in the church as to which was the greatest saint. Some were saying, well, of course it was St. Basil the Great. Others saying, no, it was St. John the Golden Tongue, Chrysostom. And others, St. Gregory the Theologian. And this was leading to some serious division in the church among the people. Now, the three holy hierarchs appeared in a dream to one St. John Moropos, urging him to communicate to the faithful that there is no greater among them and to establish a feast where all three could be commemorated together, and hence this feast today. Now, this division among Christians, sadly, was nothing new. The same factionalism was taking place in New Testament times. In 1 Corinthians 1, St. Paul has to address this when he appeals to the people, and I quote, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. What I mean is that each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Kephas, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided, he asks? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? And he had to deal with this division in this community at Corinth. I believe the same partisanship can threaten the church today as well, where there's perhaps a temptation to lift up certain bishops as being more orthodox or more correct than others, or a temptation to see ourselves as a certain kind of orthodox, the right kind, unlike those other orthodox who have views different to me. To have a, a mentality of viewing some as in or some as legitimate and others as the opposite. We see here that it's a feature of the devil to divide, to isolate, to set against, and it's a feature of God to unite, to bring together, and to see the whole. And we see this enacted in this feast of the unity of the three holy hierarchs today. We tend to love those who are cast in our own image, those who emphasize what we already believe and favor so that we're not challenged. But St. Paul tells us in the epistle to remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God, consider the outcome of their lives and imitate their faith. In this world that is increasingly polarized, where everything is increasingly politicized, if we are to imitate these leaders and their faith, the three holy hierarchs, and consider the outcome of their lives, we'll make a turn away from divisions, from factionalism toward unity, toward the mutual love of the brotherhood and the sisterhood in the faith, even with, and perhaps most especially with, those different to us, or those who hold a different opinion to us on certain matters. In this year's annual lecture in honor of Father George Florovsky by the Orthodox Theological Society in America, entitled Preserve the Fullness of Thy Church, Father John Gillians points out 
that if there's one thing that the church needs right now, is to, is to embrace its Catholicity. That is, the sense of what unites us as Orthodox, rather than what divides us. In particular, he mentioned the Russian concept of subornost. This is a word that doesn't have a direct English equivalent, but it can be translated as a unity of people in loving fellowship where one's personal preferences are sacrificed for the welfare of the whole. Now, this need not mean that one's identity is lost. In fact, the opposite occurs. The more we relinquish our own individual preferences, the more we find our true personhood. I think Christ refers to this, at least in part, when he says that he who loses his life will find it. At times we may perhaps think that all the saints are cut from the same cloth, that they're all alike each other. They've all lost their individuality, lost their personhood. But C.S. Lewis points out that it's sin that is drab, boring, and repetitive, whereas holiness has great variety and great originality. Now, to be sure, the three holy hierarchs had many things in common. They were all highly educated. They all came from godly families. In fact, all their mothers were saints. Saints Nona, Amelia, and Anthusa. They all lived lives of strict asceticism and took part in crucial debates on foundational matters related to the Trinity. But we see their differences too. And Russian priest Father Andrei Tekachev points out these differences in a homily he gave on this very Sunday, where St. Basil the Great was a great organizer. Everywhere he went, he left behind hierarchy, discipline, and order. He was a general, someone who got things done. St. John the Golden Tongue, however, was a fiery preacher, a people's favorite, not exactly the favorite of other bishops, least of all the imperial court. He was shrewd and courageous, not afraid to call the wealthy and powerful to repentance, even if this meant exile and persecution. St. Gregory the theologian, however, was a contemplative, a poet. He felt the burden of the office of bishop and longed for seclusion. He wrote hymns, oration to Christ. And I want to focus on a few insights in this story that all relate to the humble sycamore tree. Firstly, climbing this tree for Zacchaeus was something new. He had to do something new to see Christ. And we might also, this Lent, need to try something new, something we haven't tried before. In a previous life, I was a waiter in a Mexican restaurant. And every now and then, we would get together as a team and discuss what we could do to improve. And I certainly needed a lot of improvement. And one of the maxims that we came to again and again is one that sounds incredibly obvious, but is nonetheless very wise. And it's this. If you always do what you always did, you'll always get what you always got. And again, it sounds incredibly obvious, but if we want a different and a better result in our spiritual life, we can't just do what we always did. We may need to do something different and something better. Also, we see that climbing, uh, climbing a tree is taxing. It takes effort. You have to get your hands dirty. You could get splinters in your hand. And this is a reminder for us to do something material, do something tangible, to put our body into it. There's plenty in our tradition that helps us to worship and to show our repentance with our whole selves. Prostrations, fasting, standing in prayer, getting up to pray at night. 
making the inner effort of the soul manifest itself in the exterior effort of the body. Works of love for other people also take effort, don't they? We have to go out of our way. We have to exert ourselves. It takes effort, too, to get up to, a ch- to, uh, to attend the church services after perhaps getting into the habit of not over these lockdown periods. This week, we commemorate the presentation of Christ in the temple, as Father Jeff said. And two people feature in this feast, the righteous Simeon and Anna the prophetess. And they encounter Christ because they are actually in the temple to begin with. So let us not forget that the main way we too can encounter Christ is in the receiving of his very body and blood in his holy temple, if we're able to. I'm aware that for many people it's not possible at this time. But nothing will be achieved this Lent without effort. Also, climbing gave Zacchaeus a new perspective, clarity. He could see Jesus from a new vantage point. And if we interpret this in terms of inner prayer, then we can understand the crowd of people as representing our thoughts, our cares, our concerns, our attractions, distractions that flood our attention, that obscure the presence of God who desires to meet with us in the heart. St. Theophan the Recluse calls the head a crowded rag market, a bazaar, whereas the heart is the Lord's reception room. And St. Isaac the Syrian, who we commemorated last Friday in his second ascetical homily, makes clear what the place of the heart has to do in terms of us ascending to God or climbing this tree of prayer to find Christ. And he says this in his famous words, the ladder of the kingdom is within you, hidden in your soul. Plunge deeply within yourself, away from sin, and there you will find steps by which you will be able to ascend. To elevate our soul then is to prioritize the quest to find Christ within us in the practice of stillness and prayer. Climbing the tree, so to speak, then, is to find the place of the heart, to move out of our heads and pray from the heart. And the final point related to Saint, uh, sorry, to uh, Zacchaeus this morning is that the tree happened to be there. So Zacchaeus worked with it. It could have defeated him. He could have said, I'm short, I can't see Christ, and now there's this tree in my way, it's over. But he saw it as a help rather than a hindrance, an opportunity rather than an obstacle. So what is our life situation right now that can help us draw nearer to Christ? What is there that we could potentially see as a burden, an obstacle? But if we look with the eyes of faith, with insight, we could grasp that it is exactly what we need at this time. An example is maybe you find yourself with a lot of time, more than you would like. Perhaps it's an opportunity to pray more, to read more spiritual texts, to serve other people more, to attend the services of the church. Or maybe it's the opposite for you. You have no time at all. Everything goes into the care of the family. Perhaps it's an opportunity to renew your loving concern for your family members, making a concerted effort to keep up a peaceful and a joyous attitude at all times. What is the sycamore tree in my life that if I approach it right, will help me to see Christ and not get in my way? May God help us discern exactly what sense we need to make of our life circumstances this Lent to find him. To conclude then, a message of the three holy hierarchs 
is that in the church there is oneness in Christ. This unity, this Catholicity that is a feature of orthodoxy that we proclaim every time we say the creed is a witness our divided world badly needs. This Sunday also shows us that we all have a place in the community of faith. So what is your place? What are your unique qualities, interests, and giftings that you can offer to the body of Christ? And the story of Zacchaeus reminds us that seeing Christ this Lent is not going to fall into our laps. We need to work. We have to move. We have to strive. We must persist in prayer and accept our life's circumstances as they are, that we might all meet Christ. May it be so for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.